In the spirit of reconciliation, the Theatre Thoughts podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all traditional custodians of the land on which our episodes are recorded. I mean, I knew I was being considered for Alphaba in some description, right? I was like, maybe a cover or maybe in the ensemble, um, but I had no idea that I was being considered so seriously for the role. Wow. So when I got the call and my agent said the words Alphaba, <laughs> it, it was like, whoa, it was like I fell into like a whole new reality, like a whole new chapter began in that moment mm. um, and a chapter that I didn't know could exist. So yeah. it's pretty cool. Welcome back to a new episode of the Theatre Thoughts Podcast, hosted by myself, Justin Clark, and featuring an array of Australia's best and brightest in the theatre industry and beyond. You can get full access to the podcast by signing up to our monthly email and joining the Theatre Thoughts Patreon community for as little as $3 a month. All the details can be found by heading over to our Instagram account at theatrethoughtsaus or our official podcast Instagram at ttpod underscore official. Let us know what you think of this episode by giving us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. everyone to a very wicked podcast episode today. Da, da, da. <laughs> we have with us a graduate from the Victorian College of the Arts. While studying, she performed in Flora the Red Menace and On the Town. Since graduating, she's featured in the concept recording for Scarlet, which we actually talked about on an earlier episode with the creators. Most recently, she's been seen in the Australian premiere of Cruel Intentions, the 90s musical, and Tick, Tick, Boom, a personal favourite. And her first lead role will be as the Wicked Witch of the West, Elphaba in Wicked. It's Sheridan Adams. Ah, hi. Thank you so much for jumping on. Oh, no, thank you for having me. I, I was just saying this is my first podcast, so I'm elated to be here. Oh, I'm so excited. That's so cool. And I'm, I apologise for my awful pun, but I had to do it. Oh, no, I use the pun all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you, I'm going to bet that when you got the announcement, you probably told your friends, oh, i got some wicked news to tell you. i got some wicked news. Oh, I was too busy, like, kind of just staring at them in silence, kind of seeing if they would get it before before I told them, if that oh, made sense. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of, like, rocked up to my mum's, mum and dad's house. And I just looked at my mum. And I wondered if I could tell her telepathically. She got she got the vibe eventually, but That's yeah. So cool. You must have been elated. Oh yeah, it was. It's so hard. It's, it's one of the questions, right? Everyone's like, "So what was it like? How do you feel?" Blah blah. Mm. Like ah. And getting the news was not something I was actually prepared for because I didn't know I was. I mean, I knew I was being considered for Alphaba in some description, right? I was like maybe a cover or maybe in the ensemble. Um, but I had no idea that I was being considered so seriously for the role. Wow. So when I got the call and my agent said the words Alphaba, <laughs> it, it was like, whoa, it was like I fell into like a whole new reality, like a whole new chapter began in that moment. Mm. Um, and a chapter that I didn't know could exist. So yeah. it's pretty cool. And yeah. it's like I said before, it's your first like lead role as well. Which I mean, congratulations. Yeah. What a role to have as your first lead role. I mean, come on. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's I've always wanted to be a leading lady. I've always, I'm a singer actor. I love storytelling, especially through songs. I've, I've sung since I was a little girl. Um, 
And so I always knew kind of that's what I wanted to do in the industry. And I always thought, oh, you know, you have these preconceived ideas and notions that to be a lead or to be a leading lady, you have to go through this process. You have to start here and you have to work your way up. And so I never thought that this would happen, that it would just go straight to something as iconic and amazing as Alphabar. Mm. Um, and it's it's been a dream role since I was a little girl. So I feel very, very excited to be stepping straight into this lead role out of all of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, and on such a special year as well, because it's the 20th anniversary this year um, of Wicked. Well, I may as well just, if anyone's living under a rock and they don't know what Wicked is, um, it's obviously music and lyrics by Stephen Schwartz based <laughs> on the novel and then obviously the Wizard of Oz film. And it premiered on Broadway 2003. Then obviously we had um, our incomparable leads. I'm going to like, I should have, I know obviously their names is Adina Menzel and Christian yes. Chenoweth, but as I was like, you could probably tell I was stalling while I locked them in my mind. <laughs> but that is who Adele I was You just don't want an Adele Dazeem moment. Yeah, Adele Dazeem. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it obviously follows your character, Elphaba, and your it's your perspective of the story and your relationship with Galinda as you battle against love interests, the wizard's corrupt government, and then you being painted as the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, and we get to explore, is she really wicked? Which, you know, yeah. I let audience members and everyone kind of come to their own conclusion about that. But it's it's such a beautiful story. Um, and it's so smart. I don't think there are many pieces of art or books or novels that kind of have taken something so iconic and loved as like something like The Wizard of Oz and then mm. given you a completely new perspective. So, yeah, it feels really awesome to also be in it for the 20th anniversary. Yeah. Do you think that's where – I was going to ask you, where do you think it's like – it's magic lies, you know, like what makes it this enduring musical that, you know, everyone just raves about and keeps coming back and it keeps selling out, you know, to audiences all the time. I think there are so many elements. I think for me, I know what I fell in love with first and foremost was the music. That was my way in. For some Mm. other people, it will be the beautiful storyline. I think there aren't many stories that depict such beautiful female friendships. Then for someone else, it'll be the incredible costumes and the incredible design and the set. And when they go see the musical, they've been just taken to this brand new world. For someone else who's maybe a budding dancer, the choreography is absolutely stunning and unique and has been so well thought through. They wanted to make sure that it, the movement was in a land of its own, like because we are in Oz, we're, we're somewhere yeah. magical and mystical. I think, and it sounds so cliche, but everyone that sees the show will fall in love with it and find its magic in another spot to someone else. Exactly, Um, yeah. And I think the themes keep it universal. I think the fact that it's set in Oz and you have a woman who's trying to find herself and find what it is to be herself in a world that does not accept her, those themes are universal. And in another 20 years, someone's still going to relate to that and understand mm. it. And they're obviously like, they were on the, I think it was the West End. It had the first um, person of colour to play Galinda as well, which I think, I think it was either West End or Broadway. I think it was, it was one Broadway. of the two. I think that was yeah. Brittany Johnson. That's the one. That's the one. Yes. Yeah. So they're still like, you know, making changes and, and add, it adds layers as well to it, you know, they're that just kind of keeps reading into it. Yeah, we had Lisa de Guzman, who was in the national tour, a a beautiful person of colour. Then you have Alyssa Fox, who is now playing it on Broadway, also a person of colour. It's it's wonderful that they're taking the show in new directions and they're keeping up with, especially in Australia, like Mm. 
keeping up with the times, diversifying our, our shows and making sure that people who watch these musicals can see themselves being represented on stage and, and especially in such iconic roles. Exactly. Um, seeing themselves as Alphabar, that's a whole, that's a whole new level. That's something yeah. that someone will take with them for the rest of their life. Um, yeah. And I think we also have the first maybe African-American Nessa Rose also being played on Broadway. No way. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's it's pretty, pretty amazing. That's amazing. It's so good. And I think coming back to, like, the quality of Wicked, the, the reason I know it's a good show is because my dad, who is not a musical theatre person, he, like, gets dragged along to musical theatre all the time, loves Wicked. He loves it. And he, I remember the first time he left it, he was like, Galinda, not Galinda, oh. Galinda. And it was just like, all right, yeah, that's it, that, that's it. And he loves it. It's the weirdest thing. So that's how I know it's a good show. Yeah, so everyone's been telling me. People have been saying, your life is going to change. And a huge part of that is because no matter who someone is or what their hobbies are or their interests are, even if they're not into musical theatre like you've just said, Wicked is like a household name. And I'm mm. so grateful that it does connect with so many people on so many levels. Yeah, yeah. And I, I wanted to talk about, obviously, um, your partner in crime for the whole, you know, journey, Courtney Monsma, to joining you as, uh, as Glinda, the good witch. So what's, um, what are you most excited about to work with Courtney? I adore Courtney. I really do. And I think I'm so grateful that I have such a, a special, beautiful person to share this journey with. Um, I'm actually an usher at Her Maj, uh, Her Majesty's oh. Theatre in Melbourne, and yeah. I actually ushered Frozen when her and Gemma were up on that stage. So every no night way. I got to see them perform, and gosh, just a testament to them. They are so consistent. Their performances were brilliant. Such talented ladies, and I feel so lucky that I get to be performing alongside Courtney. It's kind of weird mm. going from usher in the back to on yeah. stage. Yeah, I was just going to say that must be surreal. Yeah, and she's been nothing but gracious and I feel like I've got a, like a bit of a big sister because she's been through so much. Like she's she's been in professional shows for quite a while now. She was a leading lady taking on Anna, like a huge role. Mm. And I just know that, that already she's given me some beautiful little nuggets of wisdom. And if I ever have any questions or something's I'm not sure about something or, you know, I'm at interviews and or I'm having, like, a, like I said, I'm having my first podcast now. I'm having so many yeah. firsts. I know Courtney's always kind of there to, to help me and support me. And I have like, like a partner in crime. I'm not yeah. alone. I'm not alone in this journey. And she's just, and I think so it would, well, it definitely relies on well the two of you, the show rests on both of your shoulders, really not, not one more than the other, I'd say. Yeah. It's about both. It's about both witches and I think that's where the heart and the beauty in the show does lie. I know Stephen and Winnie were speaking about that when they were writing Wicked. The magic was there whenever there was Glinda and Alphaba. And they mm. ended up kind of seeing that in audiences and they saw those in the readings. And then they were like, oh, we need to base this show around these two women because that's who people connect with. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, I was going to ask you something about Courtney. Now, oh, that's what I was going to ask you. When it was announced that both of you were, you know, Alpha Burn Glinda, you did the media outlet at Sydney. Yes. I was wondering what was going through your head the first time you sung Defying Gravity to, like, you know, a media audience? That is the best question. I haven't yet been asked that, actually. Okay. There were so many things, Justin. So <laughs> you're standing there in a sunlit room with, like general public and journalists and 
cameras everywhere and all of these people who have hired you that you really, really want to impress. Um, so you have that kind of slight fear. But I think when I was up there, I just made sure that I was somewhat, as much as I could be, Elphaba. I was trying to tell her story. Although, you know, minus the costume and the set and all the, you know, the hour before that that is act one, act one. So I was trying to make sure that defying gravity was what I was thinking about. But of course you have a couple things that come into play. I know my partner yes. was to my right and he hears me sing this song all the time. Like when I'm rehearsing at home in my study and I remember I, I sung, so if you care to find me, look to the Western sky. And I was looking and I just saw his face completely shift oh. in, in, in beautiful like awe and adoration. And I was like, I can't look at you anymore. I have to, I have to, I have to move along. And I was so close to cracking Justin oh, wow. crying. Cause my mom and my dad <gasps> were in the audience. So I was very grateful yeah. that I had that support. But I thought, no, no, we cannot cry. This is not about me. This is about the show. It's about character. Um, so yeah. that was in my mind. Keep it together. Hold it together. No crying. Your dreams are coming true, but we're not getting wrapped up in that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, also performing for media conferences, they're kind of a, a performance in their own realm, which people yeah, don't always really talk are. about. Like, yeah. I, I, I went to university. I trained to, like, rehearse for six weeks, have a tech practice, 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 and you put on this full-fledged show. Um, so mm. performing in those kind of smaller spaces, it, it's it's a beautiful learning experience. Um, and it's it's mainly there to give everyone a little bit of a taster of the show. So hopefully I did a good enough job so that people... Oh, I think of, you smashed it. To people say, can come and, and come see the full thing, the full thing yeah. that I'm excited <laughs> to rehearse and present. After our first successful Q&A with Purple Tape Productions for expiration date, the Theatre Thoughts podcast is proud to be hosting Slanted Theatre's Q&A on Tuesday the 30th of May at Meraki Arts Bar. Come and ask the cast and crew questions about the production and feature on the podcast. For full tickets and information, head to meraki.sydney now or follow us on our Instagram at ttpod underscore official. I'm wondering as well, because obviously, you know, it's the 20th production of the show um, and I, don't, I, I know you can't say a lot, but do you think that they'll change or shift some elements or do you think it'll be the same thing that we know and love? I'm not 100% sure. I know that at the, the announcement that there was something really, really special said that there were going to be some elements in the show that have never, ever been done before. And I, I don't don't know what those are either. So no, I can't really give anyone any hints or tips or secrets because I'll find out when you all find out, but that is, that is really exciting. Apparently there are some elements uh, in this Australian production that haven't been brought here before. So, but I think I know for my, for me with my job in the show, I know I want to try and keep Elphaba iconic and somewhat, I don't want to say the same. I think every actor brings mm. something new, but when it comes to my approach on the character, I think I'm going to be working with the creative team to make sure it somewhat is the same Wicked that people saw 20 years ago, but that it is new and fresh and different, if that makes any sense. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I'm sure people who saw it 20 years ago don't want to come and see this new Fandangle version of Wicked and they're like, oh, this isn't what I remember, this isn't what I love. But yeah. you also want to see someone's approach and their own take and their own opinion on it at the same time. So just making sure... We balance that line. Um, that's mm. going to be the, the fun part. It's fun to discover Elphaba because uh, the question I wanted to ask you was um, about your first Wicked experience and or your first experience of Wicked. And I guess finding Elphaba for you 
you know, it'll change and adapt because going into it, I assume you have like one version of who she is and then you'll slowly find your own way to like her core. Yes, yes. My first experience of Wicked, well, it goes back to when I was 13. My first ever musical was The Wizard of Oz. Oh, with Nikki little... Webster? No. Oh, can you imagine? It was a, it was my school production. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was in I the Nikki Webster. Not in, in it, but I remember I saw it and I was oh, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to do that one day. Um, so, yeah, at high school I was in The Wizard of Oz and that's when I discovered what musical theatre even was. I didn't know that it was a thing. And from that, that opened the gates to a whole heap of musicals and including that, obviously, is Wicked. So I remember playing Wicked in my lounge room. I really, really fell in love with the soundtrack. I was singing the songs all the time. And then when I was 16, I was able to see it at the Regent Theatre when it came to Melbourne. And I was blown away by the heart and blown away by the story. And of course I left in tears. I was a mess. Mm. I think it's one thing to listen to a musical with, you know, listening to it with your headphones on and seeing yeah. the songs. But when you go and you see it all put together and you see the story, um, it completely shifted my view of the musical. Um, and when it comes to finding Alpha Bar, it's very interesting because I've known her somewhat since I was a little girl, because I've always wanted to play her. Um, but I was really, really excited to play and get to know her through auditions. Um, I have so much faith in this incredible creative team. And when I walked into that audition room, I had my own take on Alphabet. I had, you know, oh, this mm. is how I think I, I want to do the scene and this is how I want to do the song. And it was such a beautiful collaborative creative process in my auditions yeah. and getting advice and little nuggets of wisdom from, you know, the associate director who's been working on this show for 20 years on Broadway. And That's there is it. no right way to play Alphaba. There's no right yeah. or wrong. But there were beautiful insights and notes and hints that really, really helped shift my performance and find her even more than I thought I could. Um, and that's what I love about the rehearsal process is I will find her, there will be a part of me, but I will find her truth. And I don't want to say how she is meant to be played or how she's meant to be presented. I feel like there's, yeah, that's a whole lot to unpack. I feel like there's a lot of connotations involved in that sentence. Mm. But I do know that when Lisa and Karen were giving me notes and I applied those notes, I felt that scene and I felt those songs uh, shift and lift in a way that I never thought they could. Yeah. So I'm lucky to be guided magical. by them already. That's, I'm guided by them. That's magical. Isn't that insane? It's just like, it, and I guess like for such a character as Elphabar, everyone's going to play it differently yeah. as well. Yeah. And that's why um, it's been going and, for 20 years. There's a new Elphabar yeah. every year because people want to go back and they want to see that person's interpretation of her. Mm, definitely. And I'm not like a music professional person, but there is something inherent in Defying Gravity that every single time I listen to it, whether I'm on the train, on the bus, just sitting at home, I hear it on the radio, it's played on Triple J for some reason, a chill goes down my spine every single time. I'm and I, I can't pinpoint what it is, but I feel like you understand like what I mean. Do you know what I mean? That wasn't oh, very yeah, articulate, I sorry. I do. From beginning to the end, um, that whole song. Of course, everyone loves the end, right? Everyone's like, yeah, yeah. we love hearing a belt. But when you listen to the full song and you you hear that first lyric, something has changed within me, and you mm. go through that journey. Stephen oh, my Schwartz, God, I got goosebumps right now. Stop yes. it. That's so weird. <laughs> he wrote a banger. He knows what he's doing. 
Um, yeah. I also feel that way when I listen to the um, the opening. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, the big... Dun, no dun, one wants dun, the Wicked. Like, yeah. yeah, when I was in the car and I found out the Wicked was coming and I wanted to audition and I heard that blasting in my ears, tears, instant tears. It's just so powerful. Um, mm. Especially as an audience member, when you see her literally defy gravity, oof, yeah. that's another... It, they're just... The musical is so well done and it's it's an honour to be in a musical that I actually believe is wonderful because that's not always yeah. the case when you're an actor you know you you go to work and you do your best job and you bring what you can to a production and mm. i just feel so lucky to be in a production that i truly believe is one of the best musicals ever written that's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so good i think a lot of people would agree with you for sure um i'd like to uh if i may move away from wicked for a sec and i'd like to talk about you and about what inspires you and motivates you because you're still you know um like i said it's your first lead role you got tick tick boom and cruel intentions under your belt and what inspires you as a, a relatively new performer on the theatre scene? That's such a wonderful question. Oh, it's so hard. What inspires me? I think my friends. I think seeing people that I love and who I truly believe are just wonderful people succeeding, they really inspire me. My partner's good friend, who is now one of my good friends, Des. Um, currently playing Christian and Moulin Rouge. Oh, and, cool. And yeah, and I remember when I found out, when Cameron told me the news that Des landed that role, I was like, oh, oh, wow. Like yeah. <laughs> someone that I know who has gone to VCA, mm. who hadn't had any like giant list of credits or leading men titles under his belt. Like he jumped into that role with his talent and wow. his hard work. He's been working so hard from going into VCA to graduating to being out in this industry. So people like that inspire me. I have so many friends who are absolutely killing it. Yeah. And they're killing it because they work hard and they're great people. And they kept me going. There were moments I think everyone wanted to quit during COVID. Mm. And when I saw dreams coming true for people around me, I was like, oh, no, I can keep going. You got to be at the right place at the right time. If, if yeah. you're not there, if you're not in that audition room because you gave up, of course you're not going to get the role. That's great. What a great answer. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. I think it's so inspiring to hear other people's, um, you know, perspectives on on their journey as well. And and I think what I loved about that was you being inspired by people close to you in their similar journeys. Yeah, uh, and I think you are who you surround yourself with. Mm. I think they that generosity and that love and that support and that talent and that drive, it really does rub off on you in the best possible way. And those people that I just mentioned, I'm thinking of the wonderful Mackenzie Dunn, Sam Ward. I'm thinking of all these lovely people. When they heard the news, yeah. there was just immense joy and love and tears yeah. because when you're in a circle of great people, great people celebrate each other's success. Yeah. Yeah, so that was really lovely. Yeah. Have um has Gemma Ricks or Lucy Durack reached out at all to, you know, say congratulations? They have. They both have. It was divine. There was a little video that um oh, they wow. sent to Courtney and I before we did our media release. And they just sent their well wishes and their congratulations. And it was just like it was just so beautiful. And of course they both reached out personally as well. And I'm like, I need to, I can't wait. I'm going to reach out to Miss Gemma. Hi Gemma, if you're listening, yeah. I'm going to send you a message. We're going to go for a coffee and we're going to chat all things green and wicked. Um, and they're, they're both have already kind of 
been so gracious in handing the baton and mm. said, you know they've said have fun like this is such a unique and specific experience that you're both about to go through and if you ever need anything we're always here oh that's so sweet how lovely yeah, they're the best they are the best yeah i spoke to lucy recently um about her company hey lemonade and she was just so lovely very very smart woman yeah everything that you you see it's real yeah. Like she's just as sweet as, as she was on stage as a Clinda. I'm like, yeah. oh, didn't have to act. You're just so lovely and beautiful. That's <laughs> who you are. <laughs> um, if I may, I'd like to ask you, I, I've been asking this question a lot recently of, um, of my guests, um, but if it's a little bit hard to think, take your time to have a think about the answer. Um, I'd love to know how you believe the theatre industry has changed over the years and how that's mm-hmm. impacted the work that you do and the work that you're involved in. It's shifted a lot, hasn't it? In, mm. in so many good ways. Yeah. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is the diversity that we're seeing on our stages is chef's kiss divine. Mm. I think we're finally giving young people the opportunity to see themselves represented on stage. And I think that's where it really begins. I know that I went to the theater and I saw people that I felt were like me, right? Who, mm. oh, a singer. Like, oh, that's, that's what I related to. I related to someone who was a singer actor. And I thought, well, if they're doing it, I can do it. And I'm ushering and I'm seeing Mary Pop like at Mary Poppins and I'm seeing all of these kids and all these families from eight to 80. And I think it's so important in this day and age that no matter where you're from, no matter what background you have in Australia, you can be seen represented on that stage. Because otherwise they're not going to go to singing lessons. They may not go to that dance class. They may not go to VCA and train mm. and become the professional that they could have been. Yeah. So I think that's really, really beautiful. I'm also seeing the amount of shows that are being produced here. Yeah. It is just astronomically amazing. There are so many. There's so many shows. We're just giving so many opportunities for performers like me to work. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then it's also, it's also giving audience members the opportunity to see theatre and support theatre. Mm. And it allows producers to go, oh, people are buying tickets to our shows. Let's put on more. Yeah. Um, because I would love for Australia to head in the direction that New York and London. Oh, I'd love it. Ah, I want more art. I want art that's challenging. I want art that transforms people. I want art that says something about the world. And I think theatre companies are getting there, which is super exciting for me. I don't know if it necessarily changes what work I do. I think it changes the way I approach the industry, how I approach maybe being an ally. I think yeah. it approaches the way I approach conversations. It shifts what I'm thinking about, right? My priorities. Mm. It's not just about me anymore. Yeah. It's a lot more than that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's a great answer. Thank you so thank much you. for that. No, thank you for asking the question. Well, would you like to play our, our, our one-minute theatre thoughts to wrap up? Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. Yes, okay, yes. cool. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll time roughly a minute, and then it's kind of like whatever you, um, you know, come <laughs> off the top of your head, okay? And you're just okay. like, all right, I'm ready to go. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm excited. <laughs> What has been your favourite production you've seen recently? And Juliet was incredible. Mm-hmm. And Juliet and Rocky Horror. If you want to go to the theatre for a rockin' good time, two perfect shows for it. Oh, I'm so jealous. What's your go-to karaoke song? I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. Such a good song. It is the best. It's fun and it's a great sing. So you got both. It is. <laughs> it really is. Um, what role haven't you played yet that you'd still want to? Definitely Jenna. 
from Waitress. <gasps> from Waitress. Yeah. Yeah. I, saw that I could see you in that role, actually. Oh, yeah. I saw it in New York <laughs> and it changed my life. It really did. <laughs> uh, who inspired you as a young performer? Taylor Swift. I, I'm so, oh. She still inspires me. I wanted to be a pop singer <laughs> when I was younger. And this woman, this just absolute, oh, she is the music industry. Um, I fell in <laughs> love with her storytelling. She writes songs and she tells stories. And she, yeah, she inspired me when I was younger. She, I was singing her songs in retirement villages when I was like 10. And she's yeah. kind of the reason I fell in love with music in That's the way great. that I did. I didn't know Swifty fan. There you go. I'm a huge She's very divisive. Sorry for non (laughs) Well, the last one I did want to ask you was which production you would most want to see come to Australia? I was just talking about this today, but American Psycho. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I love American Psycho. I love theatre that challenges people's conceptions of what a musical is or what a show is. And I love Spring Awakening. I love Duncan Cheek. I would also say Spring Mm. Awakening. But I think American Psycho just has so much potential and it's commentary on the world right now. It's still yeah. relevant, especially with what's going on at the moment yeah. in the US. Um, the Hayes Theatre did a great yeah. production of it, about, I think about two years back. Yes. If they brought that back and then took yep. it to Melbourne, I think, yeah, that'd be a hit. I also want to see it like, I want to see it on a, I know, I know it might not be appropriate, maybe it's more for an intimate setting, but in my mind I would love to see what could happen on a giant oh, yeah. stage in okay. Australia. Okay, interesting. Like on the region... I want to see Patrick Bateman's apartment yeah. in the theatre. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. It's, it is it's a like... Let them feel, I don't want a wicked interview and I'm like, I want to see American Psycho. But I do. <laughs> That's <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> That's so good. Well, Sheridan, thank you so much for, for giving us your time and jumping on and chatting about Wicked and being the first podcast as well. Big tick. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me, Justin. It was so much fun. Thank you so much to Sheridan Adams for joining us as our guest on the episode. A massive thank you to the team at IP Publicity for helping to organise today's podcast. To get your tickets to Wicked, head to wickedthemusical.com.au or follow them on their Instagram at Wicked in Oz. This episode was produced by Echidna Audio. Follow them on Instagram at Echidna Audio for all their audio services. Once again, if you enjoyed our podcast, leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts and head to the link in this episode's description for our Instagram account, TikTok, YouTube and Patreon. My name's Justin Clark and I'll see you next time here on the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. 
With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.